following episode of the Comics and Crypto podcast is for informational purposes only, and anything expressed by the hosts or their guests is solely their opinion. This podcast does not constitute financial advice, and anyone wishing to invest should seek their own independent financial or professional help. Have fun, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean O'Hare, and I know comics. Hi, I'm Spencer Vogel, and I know crypto. Hi, I'm Kevin Lee Loader, and I don't know shit. This is the Comics and Crypto Podcast. Comics and Crypto, Crypto and Comics, Collectors World in a Digital Age. Comics and Crypto, Crypto and Comics is where the next billionaires will be rich. Comics and Crypto. Thanks for coming back in today for another episode. We're here with Giant Size Comics. What's up? Hey, hey what's going on? Thanks for coming back. Of course. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> So what I've come to, to learn about Giant Size Comics is he's a big collector in original artwork. <laughs> and lately on VV, there's been a lot of drops. Now we, now we know there's weekly drops of original covers on VV as NFTs, one-on-ones. So I thought we could just dive into the market a little bit and talk about it. So overall, what are your thoughts on the covers, the one-on-one NFTs dropping on VV? I think it's a great concept, especially to bring like more whales like onto the platform. Because covers in general go for a lot of money. Like one cover went on VV for like 31000 right? So that's insane. And the other ones go for like 11000 It's like big people like that really believe in VV are actually buying it. So overall, I love original art. One out of one. Uh, it's just something that is just, it's a different level of collecting, I believe. Because one out of ones, it's just, I don't know, there's more, this scarcity, of course. But then if someone really wants it, they'll pay anything for it. So it's just a really cool thing to have, in my opinion. Do you have a specific strategy in mind, knowing that there's going to be one potentially dropped a week on VB, potentially 52 a year? So mm -hmm. over time, are we going to see some appreciating value more than others? What are your thoughts on that? Like, What's your strategy of going about this? Sure. So for me, it's mostly based on artists and year. Uh, like, I don't know, Gene Cologne, right? He's a really big DC artist. I have some of his covers, uh, really nice artist. And I believe that, the artist really matters. Like for instance, Neil Adams, he had a, his Batman 251 cover sold for like $600,000 on heritage auctions, right? And recently Frank Miller had his Batman cover sell for 2.4 million. And it's an original art cover too. So for me, it's just the artist matters the most. And then it's context. What character is he or she drawing? And based on, you know, what title as well, is it detective comics or is it Batman? Or is it action comics? Like the title really matters as well. And just overall, like overall popularity of the, you know, uh, the character and the artist. That's what really matters. Yeah. And to add to that, just an inside issue of uh, Secret Wars number eight. Yep. The first appearance of, of Spider-Man in his black symbiote uh, mm -hmm. suit. And yep. that sold for over $3 million. And that was a Mike Zek piece. And that was the inside. I think that was the first time we actually saw his suit. That, yes. that, 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 that artwork, right? Yes. So that... That a lot of collectors, especially in our space with original art, we were very shocked. Uh, I know some people in the space and they thought it was going to go for like 800,000 to a million the most. And once it went to two to three million, we were like, what's going on here? Is the hedge fund buying this thing? Like, just made no <laughs> But like I said, one out of one, there's one collector that really wants it. If there's two people that are bidding on it, it's all you need. And it can go to five, 10 million. You don't know. But that is a very important piece of history, especially for, like, especially for Marvel. And that person really wanted it because every other collector thought it was going to go for a million. So just shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, you just need two people with deep pockets that want it bad enough. Yes. It's all that matters. 
Did, did you hear that Todd McFarlane story about the Mark McGuire baseball? Did I? Did you hear that story? Of- yes, he did. He bought it for like three million dollars, just because. I guess like he wanted it. I'm like, that's insane. Three million bucks. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Did, did you hear the story on our podcast recently where we talked about? So I heard him talk about that story in person. Mm-hmm. And did you hear that story at all? So I watched his YouTube. So I, I saw that he was talking about it, how he really wanted it because he was getting into uh, the statues. And he wanted to get like into like the baseball statues, so he wanted to buy it to show people that he's a real investor in sports. And job, but yeah. I, I I may be wrong. I don't know. No, like, no you're, you're spot on. So so what happened? Uh, he he was on the phone at his home on the, with the, with a representative from the auction house, yeah. and the auction was going on, and it was one person that was there in person and Todd McFarlane over the phone. Wow. And it was two people bidding against each other: five hundred thousand, six hundred, one point two, one point three, one point five. And at that point, everyone that was there in person was rooting for this guy because they didn't know who was on the phone. Like, screw that guy, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's so random. <laughs> yeah, no one knows Todd McFarlane. Yeah. And they're rooting for this guy, and they're egging him on, and they keep going out. They keep competing with each other because they want that ball, that bat. Yeah. And in the end, it sold for $3 million. $3 million, I believe. Yeah. And it was funny that, that he was talking. So I think Todd mentioned the other guy. He asked him, like, what was your, actually your buy-in value? What, were you gonna, what was your limit? He's at 1.4. Wow. But they were competing with each other and they wanted it that bad. And they had you know they had the funds to do it. It was so funny. Todd was saying at one point he got he went went past two. His mm. wife who was in the kitchen, like just walked out of the kitchen. She like walked out. Right? She, yeah, she just like walked out. I don't blame her. It's not worth it. I don't blame her. It's wild. Wow. But here's the cool part about it. That ball, I mean, that ball's probably not even worth half that now, unfortunately. Wow. But here's the thing. I heard it's worth around five hundred thousand. That's what I heard. That's cool, yeah. But, and but the really interesting thing about that story is that he was saying that he got so much publicity for that sale because it was the highest sport spectacular sale of all time. Yeah. He was going on Howard Stern, Good Morning oh, America. Yeah. He said he probably got about twenty million dollars in publicity in advertisements. Exactly in advertisement for McFarlane toys. Yeah, and, and so it actually worked out to his benefit. It worked out to his benefit. And look what happened now. Yeah, exactly. so I'm McFarlane's doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> right, You're an awesome guy by the way. Super. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing, like what he has done for comic books is just insane. Yeah. Amazing artist. And Marvel at first didn't really like his style. And he was like, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to make Image with Jim Lee and other people. And look, it worked out, you know. <laughs> and we got like what, Invincible 1 we got out of him. So, I mean, it still worked out, you know. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Going back to uh, Vivi, what's your, what's your buying strategy now? For like knowing that the, with his comics coming, I know you, you said you're focusing on like, the characters, the artists, the year. Yeah. Um, are, there, are you holding off for any specific significant covers, possibly? Or uh, I'm holding off for Spider-Man covers, which just is, is like right now it's going to come up with Ramos's cover. Uh, I want to get that, but honestly, I bought so many VV comics. <laughs> I don't really have the fund right now to spend like $10,000, $20,000 <laughs> yeah. on VV. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Spider-Man and just a really well-known artist. And I can figure that out based on, you know, comic art tracker or comic art fans. They're two great websites that I put on my channel. I can, you know, like check it out if you want to. And you can find out if an artist is really in demand or not. And just based off of like, you know, their track record, you know, it's like Ramos is he's a great artist. And I figured out that his art is like his cover art is worth roughly three to $8,000 based on, of course, context and how much work he put into it. So to me, the one that's going to drop this Monday is a great buy. If it's like three to five thousand, it's a solid buy. Spider Man's all over the place. High demand for Spider Man, and it's a win win at that point. So yeah, Spider Man and a good artist. It's what I believe. That, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, you're referring to Humberto Ramos, correct? Ramos, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I actually, so I have a 9.8 uh, First Prince of Silk, uh, the Rockless ah. variant. Yeah, awesome. and it's signed by Stan Lee, which is really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> cool. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Stan Lee on any Marvel IP makes sense. And when you, you start mixing artists and different, and they aren't really, like, gets interesting at that point. Because yeah. Stan Lee's probably one of the only people where it's like, he can get signature on anything Marvel, and it's actually anything. totally okay. I mean, at one point, he was a director of Marvel, I believe, back in the day. What, the yeah. ed- like, editor or something like that? Yeah, he was, he was, editor, he was editor-in-chief, and then Roy Thomas took over after him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're very interesting. You can sign anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really exciting. This these cover arts. I mean, even Todd McFarlane was talking about how 1992 and on, mm-hmm. his artwork is not for sale. He he is he owns all of his artwork, artwork in covers. Like mm-hmm. you will not find them anywhere. So yeah, but honestly, I don't blame him to be honest. I mean, once you see what his art sells for in Heritage, I mean, his ASM 300 cover, which is iconic. It sold for like, I don't know, 300,000 years ago, right? Now it's worth over one, two, three million dollars easily. That has to be a five plus million dollar comp. comp. Yeah. And just imagine what he sold it for. <laughs> I just wonder at that point. It's, it's, it's truly a one of one. So those are tricky. Like we yeah. had mentioned with the Spider-Man suit, you know, you thought maybe you'd go around 500 to a thousand to a million and it would be mm-hmm. over three. That's crazy. So when you have certain, it's sometimes you just find the the right buyer at the right time, or even better, the right buyers at the right time that want it bad enough. And considering the popularity of ASM 300, it's very easy to presume. And also the impossibility of getting his artwork. Yeah. All adds up to dollar dollar bills, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just in general, Atomic Fallen art piece in general, like, like even like interior pages go for like 10, 20, 30,000. So just to have a cover by him, especially an iconic cover, I mean, come on. That's a multi-million dollar piece right there. So, yeah. Scarcity and popularity. And that's something you, you should definitely do your research into these covers because it's very possible that the physical counterpart may have never sold or ever will sell. Sure. Sometimes the artists, I think, uh, uh, big shout to Old Rubard. He did uh, some research for Peach Moon Loco. And apparently, I think she still has her physical, and she's never going to sell. Great research there, and also adds to your point. I mean, sometimes maybe the only opportunity to to own these things are in the NFT space, which is going to make it very interesting for investors long term. Which, and like, honestly, I really like this aspect of VV dropping it because it's a blind auction, so it can go for anything essentially. But if you have a number in mind, you can possibly get it for that number. Whereas opposed to like, if you go to like a Comic-Con and a dealer has a cover that you love, but he or she is asking $50,000 because they just love it themselves. I mean, you're never going to get, you know what I mean? So that's a VV is giving you the opportunity to buy at a good price. It's possible. So, and you could even potentially snipe a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely cool. possible. Yeah. I so, I mean, if you can get it, sure. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like if you can get like a cover for like three or $5,000, I mean, just in general, that's a great buy. Especially for comic uh, book covers, it's, it's insane. So yeah. yeah, I will say the one thing that Spencer and I have talked about in the past, and I'm very concerned about, are people who are making fake or bids and aren't following through on those sale transactions. They they need to have harsh punishments. It has happened. Uh, Warhol. What happened there? Being banned for 48 hours in the marketplace, or even like yeah. a couple of weeks, just isn't harsh enough, in my opinion. It yes. Just be like. I'm not going to screw with that. I'm not going to play with that fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. 
then, but then again, a buyer at that level that's willing to bid, let's say forty thousand, I think that's what Warhol went for, and then he or she backed out at the last minute. I mean, Vivi doesn't want to lose a big buyer like that, I believe. So they're just like, you know what, a slap on the wrist, don't do it again. But you know, in the future, just please be better. You know what I mean? I think that's what's going on. Are they a serious buyer though? At that point, I mean, they didn't follow through with the payment. So I agree with you. It's just like you know, you put down a harsh, strict uh, penalty. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody will mess around with that. So. Yeah, I believe that once you make your bid, BB should just take the gems out of your account and it should just sit like an escrow. Yeah. And then if you do win it, that's gone. You know what I mean? Well, I love that. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah actually, that should definitely be I, I like that. That's actually probably the best solution to yeah. all this. Yeah. yeah, honestly, it will never happen again. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So you own one of these pieces. Yep. What next? You know, what kind of utility could we potentially see with these collectibles? I mean, just owning this artwork is amazing within itself, but, you know, possibly having the opportunity to rent these out so people can enjoy them, and whether the metaverse or even augmented reality. I mean, are, are people, are, are, do you know of anybody that's actually enjoying this artwork, like should, having galleries or shows in person in real so, life? Personally, with VV stuff, not really. But in the physical world, I literally saw a video where this guy had like a, I don't know, like exhibition, like in his apartment in New York City, right? And like people from around the country literally flew to go see his stuff. So that to me is insane. <laughs> you know, people are very, very passionate about original art and they're willing to do anything to see it. So for sure, there is utility with the original art on VV, especially if someone's willing to fly from California to New York to see it. I mean, definitely there's, yeah, it's going to happen. There you go. So having the opportunity to do something similar, whether it's an augmented reality or even you something that can affect people worldwide in the metaverse. Yep. There's significant opportunity there. And that was a perfect example that you yeah. just shared. A couple of uh, years ago, my father, back in the 90s, he bought an original art cover. I'm not going to say which one because then people are just going to research it and see who bought it. So I don't want to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> he bought it back in the 90s for $350. And then I put it on a website. And I mean, I'd just like to, uh, like to show my art covers, like just the people that love original art. And this person reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to sell it? And I was like, no, I love it. It's mine. <laughs> so it's not for sale. And all of a sudden he's like, listen, I've been looking for it. Like I've been looking for it for 10 years. So I need this cover. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. And I said, ah, I, listen, I love offers that I can't refuse. I said, of course, give me the offer. And he tells me 40,000. And I'm like, oh, and I call my dad. I'm like, cause he's the one that bought it. I'm like, dad, do you want to sell it? And he was just like, no, 40 grand. No, let's just keep it. But then we counter him at 60. And then he tells me, listen, my top dollar is 52,000. Now, granted, he bought it for 350 back in the 90s, right? So I'm here in between both of them. And I'm like, 52,000 for a cover that he spent 350 on. And long story short, we agreed. The guy mailed the check to me. Everything cleared. My dad delivered it to him. It was a done deal just because the guy really wanted it. Now, however, based on the artist and the context, it's worth around twenty-five to thirty thousand. So he overpaid by twenty to twenty-five thousand because he really wanted it, and it's a one out of one. So that could potentially happen on VV if you buy a cover for five, ten thousand. Someone might say, "Hey, I really want that cover. I love that artist. I'm going to pay you twenty or thirty thousand. It's definitely a possibility. That's very interesting. Yeah, and and going deeper, I mean, even aside from the artwork, you could look at potentially mid numbers as well. A lot of mid numbers are one of ones, you know, whether it's tied to the publishing year or something that's significant to them, like a birth date. I'm actually, I'm right now I'm bidding on and there's nobody bidding on it. I need one golden moment left to complete my collection. It's the Disney okay. D and the number was seven 11. 
which okay. is my birthday, and it ends in an hour from now. And I'm the only bidder on it, and it's at ground floor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, am I gonna? It's so, it's so, it's very serendipitous. Huh. <laughs> like, interesting. I've actually never done auctions before. I never did a VV auction. I always do the oh, buy it now. This but as my brother's advice. Oh yeah, I've gotten some really good deals on auctions for sure. Like really, I got an AF the AF fifteen like a two, so sub three hundred AF fifteen. You are, really? Um, yeah, Spencer, Kevin, and I went on, in on it around. I think it was around three k, around that. Yeah, that's really good. It was two x the floor, two x the floor wow. for a super low mid. Yeah, um, I've I've gotten a a nine nine three, uh, uh, Marvel Comics one. You are for six hundred gems. Wow. Yeah, that was back in that was right before the market took off. Oh, okay. But I'll, even then, I was the only bidder, and I was shocked that wow. I, I was able to get it for that because it was around four hundred gems, I think, at the time. Yeah, it's not it's like two hundred bucks more. Why not? Oh, yeah, it was crazy for a three-digit mint of F cool. Ipsy one. That's crazy. Wow. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely keep your eye on the auctions. There's definitely some good opportunity. Oh, I will. I had no idea. I mean, I sold it, of course, but I never thought, oh, maybe I might not get a good deal because people are going to ask crazy money. But then again, you're right. If there, it's a really low floor, like a really low auction price, why not? You could get a good deal. So for sure, exactly. Now going back, going back to the the opportunity to rent these collectibles, these one of ones sure. especially, I'm very excited about that. You know, right now the technology isn't there yet, so the opportunity isn't hasn't come to fruition. But just based on the facts of what we know is coming, man, it's hard not to see this come to fruition and potentially make some solid passive income on yeah. these collectibles. Just pop for sure. Out. And that's for sure. I mean, I saw like like uh, before. I, I saw Johnny Dunn, and he buys a lot of cars on the VV because he thinks he could, you know, he rents out in the future to people. I think that's a really smart idea. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely a possibility that might happen. So to buy a car for like fifty or hundred gems, maybe a little bit more, you could rent it out for that much probably in the future anyway, and you can make ten extra money or even more. I mean, why not? You know, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And as the technology develops and as the metaverse comes to fruition i mean man who knows yeah <laughs> i mean limitless possibilities you know what i mean so we'll see what happens exactly. yeah another awesome video thanks so much for coming on thank giant you. size comics. <laughs> make sure to follow him at giant size comics on both twitter and instagram and can't wait to have you on again man it's gonna be a lot of fun thank you so much i appreciate it see you on the next one see ya